Hello and a warm welcome to another exciting episode of our podcast series Crafting Your Writing Career Paths and Possibilities brought to you by the Learner Meeting. I am Bahua your host and today we are privileged to have with us Shripana Shaha Associate Director Technical Writing at Tracerpay. Shripana has over 19 years of experience in technical writing where she has worked with organizations such as Cognizant, Accenture, Unisys, Symphony and a few other leading IT companies. She has worked in many domains banking and finance, storage, transport, IT, infrastructure and others. And she has been in leadership roles for around 10 years. She has and continues to devise content strategies to support all the product lines and business units of the organization across geographies. I'm sure by now you have already guessed that today we are exploring the field of technical writing with Shripana. We will try to understand what it takes to begin one's career as a technical writer and grow in this path. We will also delve a bit into few personal choices or decisions that Shripana made in her life journey that shaped her as a person and who she is today. This episode will be presented in two parts. Today we will listen to the first part of the episode. Please join me in extending a warm welcome to Shripana Shaha. So, uh, Shripana, I would like to start by saying thank you so much for giving us this time. I'm hoping this conversation that we are going to have today is going to help so many people who want to explore and understand the field of technical writing and otherwise want to come into technical writing. Okay, absolutely. So with that context, I wanted to understand from you, can you give us uh, maybe a brief overview of what is technical writing all about? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the scope of work that technical writers undertake in their job role? Sure. So, uh, technical writing is any piece of information uh, which can be in the form of a document or in the form of a video, let's say, which provides the factual information of a product. It is not a jazzy thing. Tech writing is all about come to the point about the product, how to use it, where are the places the product will not be useful. So, very straightforward. And like I said, it talks all that. a product offers and how to use that product basically and we have seen uh, the implementation of tech writing in many in almost all the areas i would say the deliverables can be uh, things like help guide and installation manual or a user guide an admin guide or any faq that you come across right so basically anything that comes with a product which tells you how to use the product what is the product all about is a manifestation of technical writing as i would say technical writing has pretty much existed almost like let's say 30 years back just that it was not really called a technical writing and it was not as uh, well understood and defined those days if you remember even when you we used to buy refrigerators dvd player let's say it used to come with some small booklets which used to tell you how to use that product how to how to operate it yeah so that's a manifestation of technical writing So yeah, that's pretty much technical writing in a nutshell. 
And uh, talking about the scope, I think the scope is uh, becoming wider and wider as we are moving forward. The field has matured a lot, especially in India. When I started, people hardly knew about tech writing. Talking about the horizon that we currently have, any form of documents, videos, GIFs, images, diagrams, illustrations that explains how a product works is technical writing and the horizon is increasing. Now we are also getting into UX writing, content writing, all the slightly different but I've seen there is always a, an overlap of these roles, instructional manuals or, you know, instructional designers rather, even we do that bit of work also. So yes, there is overlap, but yes, uh, the horizon is increasing, like I'm saying. Thank you, Shriparna, to give us this overview of uh, technical writing. I know everybody can easily associate technical writing, even the word kind of suggests probably something to do with IT, Right. Right. But is it only restricted to IT or are there other fields also where technical writing is used? Not completely into IT. Like I said, that tech writing is there in every domain. If you look at uh, medicine, let's say a tonic, you must have received a leaflet which comes with a small box, right? That's nothing but technical writing in the field of medicine, where mm -hmm. it talks about what all that tonic contains, where all the tonic can be useful, uh, what is the age group, right? What are the doses? So again, the facts. So it's there in medicine, it's there in healthcare, it's there in IT for sure, it's there in transportation, it's there in, you name it, I think in every other industry, um, there, I can't even think of one particular industry which is not touched by technical writing, finance, everywhere you buy credit cards, you get credit cards, you get one big more fat booklet, which talks about all the charges, where all you can swipe the card, what will be the transaction limits and everything else about that particular card, right? That's also a manifestation of technical writing. So every domain, aerospace, every domain is touched by tech writing, not just IT. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So is it only English language that is used for creating these documents that we are referring to, product manuals, instruction manuals, or do you also consider people from different languages who can come into this field? So since English is the language which is internationally accepted language, of course, that's the one which we definitely need. But having said that, there are many products, there are uh, different countries where uh, the local language also gets a lot of precedence, a lot of importance, right? For example, if you're selling your product in Japan, if you're selling your product in China, you have to come up with a local version of whatever manual you're writing. So in those cases, we definitely get either uh, the local lights on board it so that they can also contribute in this entire process. Basically, they help with the translation and there is uh, also a lot of translation tools that exist today which can actually help in doing these translations but of course as you can easily understand that your uh, machine translation is always not as good so usually what the organizations do to cut down the cost they do the initial translation using a software where the machine translation happens and then they again uh, bring in a local light who has a good hold on the local language to go through the content just to bring in that natural flow of the language. But yes, English is the primary language, but like I said, depends upon where, who are the audience you're catering to. And based on that, uh, you might require translation services. So we create the content in English and then take help of translators to convert that, but they don't really need to know technical writing as such. It's mostly to do with language expertise. 
Yes, mostly to do with language expertise, but it's always an icing on the cake if they have some understanding of the tech writing because that ensure that they are taking care of all the basic concepts of tech writing. But like you said, that most often the translation happens. It's mostly the final polishing that is done by the translator. So, and now if we look at pay scale, anybody would want to know what am I going to earn, right? If I join this particular field. So can you give us an idea about what could be the pay scale range there? Well, it definitely depends upon the organization where the candidate is going in. But having said that, the organizations pay really well these days, especially the tech writers. So you can expect somebody joining a tech writing a salary of, let's say, uh, six to eight lakhs per annum to, you know, if you are looking at directors and senior directors somewhere between 60 to 80 lakhs or so. That's quite a handsome amount for many people. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. How did your journey begin into uh, technical writing? Did you always want to get into this or what was it like? Uh, well, when I joined technical writing, I don't think anybody would say I want to be a tech writer. <laughs> technical writing was not as prominent, like I said. And I got into technical writing mostly by chance. I started my career as a technical support executive where I was talking to the uh, customers solving their issues and I was supporting an ISP, a UK-based ISP, basically an internet service provider and helping them connecting to internet. So all of that was fine initial one year, but after a certain point in time, I felt that things are becoming redundant and I'm not really uh, enjoying what I was doing. So that is when I got this opportunity of uh, working as a process documentation executive and uh, I just realized that probably this is something I can give it a shot because writing is something which I liked doing. So I got into that and I started liking it. I started reading about technical writing as a career and tech writing was not very prominent. So I'm talking about 2003-04 in India. It was still not that prominent but when I started reading about tech writing on the internet I found that it is quite uh, popular especially in countries like US and UK and I could see that there were a lot of jobs which were getting opened up even in India, basically a lot of things, a lot of jobs were moving to India. So I thought that why not uh, let me start reading or understanding more about this and let me start exploring this as a career. And then one job after another and things worked out for me. And I, like I said, I felt that this is something which I, I really loved doing it because, you know, working on different products, understanding the nitty gritties of it, and then coming up with a nice documentation. Uh, it was something which I was quite satisfied doing and things went on one after another, organizations after organizations. Then I got into a leadership role, which was also quite uh, satisfying. So it was at Cognizant where I was leading the entire location, Mumbai and Pune, and I was responsible for the entire tech writing piece. It was very, very uh, interesting uh, work. And then Symphony happened where I got the opportunity to work as a functional head, taking care of the entire tech writing department. It was a small setup compared to Cognizant, but having said that the uh, role was very attractive and I could not say no to that I felt this is one place where I can build a group and build a team and bring in the processes which I always felt that why the processes are not like this we can make, do things so much better with better tools better processes and better mechanisms in place so I thought this is an opportunity and uh, I did pretty well uh, around seven and a half years in symphony and now at Razorpay again as a functional head so I feel um, I got a very good career path I got the right 
uh, opportunities at the right time and uh, probably a few decisions I took right in my entire journey. And I feel uh, quite empowered at what I am doing today. Uh, Razorpay is quite a popular brand today where I'm, you know, heading their entire tech writing. And when I started, we were just three writers from there. We have around 12 writers uh, in the team and the team is doing great. Um, the tech writing function as a whole is doing great. So my overall journey has been really wonderful, I would say. And I've learned so many things. And when I go and talk in certain conferences and all, I feel that I have something which I can probably share with my team, with my people, with the tech writing community and let them know that this is an, an awesome job. And if you really want to grow, there's a lot of scope. You have to just look for the right scope and make sure you go towards that. Things will not come to you on a platter. You have to work hard, but then there is a lot of scope is what I can say. That's wonderful. So you are tech savvy who wants to explore new products and writing has been your passion. So you have been able to combine your passions into what you are doing right now. Yeah. Yes, yes. If I talk about your childhood, were you like, what were your dreams when you were growing up? So, uh, <laughs> so I wanted to be a doctor. I think that was the time when everybody wanted either uh, to become a doctor or an engineer. I think those, those were the only two options available for us. And in fact, I wrote the uh, exams also. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get through and computers was the in thing those days. And my dad himself being an engineer, he thought that probably technology is something which I should explore. Um, so as a child, I was a very obedient child. As, um, I remember my mom saying that uh, I never had any troubles with you. You just grew up yourself. I loved books is what I can remember. And again, writing was something which I always felt that was my thing. Whenever I was like a little upset or felt very strongly about a particular topic or something that has happened in my life, I used to go and write, narrate the whole story or the, express my emotions over there. So, uh, yeah, that's how I was. And uh, from the beginning, I was very ambitious. I can definitely say that, that I wanted to do something in my life. I didn't want to be, especially being a woman, being a girl child, you know, just getting married and having a family. Of course, that's also important. But having said that, I also wanted to have my own identity is what I can say right from the day one. When I started feeling things and realizing things, I always wanted to have things of my own, have control of my life. So that's how I have been always. See, when I've spoken to others, for example, people from learning field uh, who are into L&D and instructional design, they kind of relate their purpose in life with what they're doing for earning a living. Some of them want to be able to help educate people. Okay, And while they're not doing it directly, some of them are. So that's how they are combining their passion, purpose, with uh, whatever they are doing to earn a living. So do you think somewhere down the line, you also have that kind of an alignment in your job? Well, I feel that uh, technical writing or writing documentation or help is such a powerful tool. It helps the users self-serve. Imagine you are working on your mobile and you're stuck, you're trying to do some settings and you're not able to do that. Now, just imagine you have to call custom support and you have to stand in the queue, wait for somebody to respond to your query and all of that, right? And maybe you're not happy with the response call once again, you know, give a very tiring journey. Now, versus just imagine you have a very easily available FAQ, which you can read it and you can do things yourself. So one is you are solving your problem then and there. You're saving a lot of your time, right? So it's about helping your users in a great way in self-serving 
Second is uh, you're helping the organizations in saving costs. So I feel there are two ways of making money. Either you save costs or you make more money or you have multiple channels of income, right? So when I talk to my bosses, what is the value I am bringing in with my tech writing function? I see that I'm helping you in saving costs, right? And because with my FAQs, your, the users are not coming to the support teams anymore, which means that the support teams can work on more critical aspects, critical tasks. They really don't need to solve the basic issues of, you know, how to reset your password. So I'm saving the cost for the organization. I'm helping the users and selves of the entire user experience is changing with that, right? These days, we have most of our documents on the website. It is also a great acquisition channel. Just imagine somebody is trying to figure out what is a payment gateway. And there are so many people like Paytm, PayU, Razorpay, Cash Free. So they can easily go and check the documentation and see their fitment, which is the right one for them, right? So it can be also a great acquisition channel if it is done in the right way. So I feel, you know, talking about purpose, I feel empowered that I can empower my users. I feel that I'm not only saving costs for my organization, also I can help in making more money for them. Basically, your purpose is to help everybody in whichever way you can. And you have found technical writing as a great way to do so. Absolutely, absolutely. Great to know that. What have been your key learnings in your career journey? Uh, key learnings would be never stop learning, no matter what role, which position, how many years of experience you have, which organization you work for, especially with technology moving so fast, you have to make sure you are keeping yourselves uh, updated. Otherwise, it's going to be very difficult. There are a lot of discussions going on. Chat GPT, I'm not going there. But having said that, yes, AI is bothering all of us, right? But I tell my writers, I tell people whom I connect with that you really don't need to be worried about. If you are making sure that you're keeping yourself updated, go and use Chat GPT. See how can make use of it to make yourself more efficient. Going and explore new tools. Just don't see a news coming in that a new tool is launched. Go and check it out. Every tool today is available uh, with a free version. It's 10 days, 15 days, whatever. You can always go and give it a try. So my key learning is that uh, it's very important <laughs> that you keep yourself updated. Otherwise, you will become history very soon. So that's something which I even do. You know, it's always good to acquire more skills. Again, I also tell my writers that don't just think about that I have to only do writing. Uh, I've seen people moving from tech writing into product management and they're, they're doing absolutely wonderful there. They're doing great. They're extremely successful. I've seen people moving from tech writing into project management and again, they're doing great. So see, the kind of skill sets that we acquire in the journey can be used in many areas. It's all about how you make good use of them. So my key learning is keep learning. <laughs> <laughs> That's an absolutely wonderful thing. And uh, that kind of aligns with the brand I'm trying to work with. So uh, keep learning. Yeah, that's great. Anything else that you want to highlight? The second thing that probably I can talk about is, um, you know, being organized. I know it's a very common thing and you may be wondering why she even talking about is that not very obvious, but most often the obvious things we don't do and uh, being organized is such a great skill. I tell uh, people I work with that if you're organized, you're, you are organized not only uh, at work, you're also organized at home. You will get ample time to do so many things. 
so many things. Uh, so I recently completed my MBA. My This was my second MBA and I did that too in the last two years during the COVID times. So I know people were like watching videos, making all kind of small uh, short videos and all of that. I was sitting and giving assignments. I was sitting and reading my book. So people were like, are you crazy? You're a mother of a five-year-old child. Do you, don't you have enough on your plate? Why do you want to do this? But I felt that with that, I have acquired a skill. I made good use of those two years. I've acquired a degree. I've acquired additional skills. And I now know the modern technologies. I know what, what is the in thing. I know about AI. I know about blockchain. I know what is IoT. People must have just heard about these terms, but I know what they are, right? So I have been able to do this because of being organized. And it works such a great deal, you know, uh, be it at work, be it at office. I am never late for my meetings. I'm the first one to join the Zoom meeting. I'm never late to work. I make sure that I have tick mark all my to-do for my day. Whatever to-do I have for the day, I make sure I'm completing everything. So it's not that I have a superpower, just that if you are organized, you will get to do so many things. And not just that, I uh, the Saturdays and Sundays, I make sure, you know, I'm doing some kind of craft, some kind of drawing, painting. So my recently my in-laws visited my house and they saw some good 20 paintings in my house. And I'm not a great painter. I just learned it on YouTube. And then they're like, where do you get time? How are you doing all of this? Like, no, I don't have 10 hands, just that. I am organized and it's such a great skill, which I, again, uh, this is something which I remember my dad, he's an ex-Air uh, Force. He comes from a very disciplined life. So my dad used to say that you have to be organized. If you do this, you will do so many things in your life. Just that I, I took that very seriously <laughs> and I incorporated it in my life. I just cannot thank him enough that thank you dad for giving me this value that it is so much important. And with this skill, you can manage your time. I see people talking about work-life balance. Nahi hai. I'm like, it's all about how you're managing. It's all in your hands. Power is in your hands. It's all about how you use it. Why are we wasting so much time on WhatsApp, on messages? I see people talking, you know, wasting time. I've seen people come to work morning nine and till nine, they are sitting in the office. I mean, why do you have to do that? Just that because they're idling every time. I make sure I go to office at nine. I leave office by six. Once I'm back, back to home, I don't open my laptop. So that's the way, uh, you know, I have planned out my day that nine to six is for office. I will not take any personal call until absolutely necessary. After six, I will call up my mother or whatever conversations, friends and all of that. So I think this is such a great thing we all should include in our life. It will make our life so much easier. That's a great thing to uh, <laughs> say, Shriparna, because uh, I know there are so many people who struggle with uh, managing home and office work. And uh, so I see that uh, by organized, you basically mean that be very, very focused, right? When you are doing your work in office, be focused there. And when you are outside of office, you're outside of office. Absolutely. Then uh, nothing to do with the office. But do you think that is possible in all the organizations? Because like it kind of depends on the organization. So it again depends, like what kind of image you have created about yourself in the organization, right? Mm -hmm. Like I said, people know I am available 9 to 6. And it's not that somebody calls me at 7.30, I will not pick up the call. And see, especially in the job that we do, right? We are technical writers. I tell this even to my team members that 9 to 6 is your work. You don't have to do things after 6. But just make sure 9 to 6 is, is the solid time you're giving to the organization. So coming back to my thing of how do I make sure I'm, I'm not going outside my office hours, I will evaluate. I will take up the call. I will evaluate if it does it really need to be sorted right then and there. We, you know, we tend to, you know, abhi karna hai. 
it's not that important i say i'm not sitting at the border that if i don't shoot the enemy enemy will get get into the country and of course i'm not in that kind of a role right something like that understood but i think especially in technical writing it's all about how you are doing your job and like i said i have never ever missed a deadline i have never ever missed anything so recently like two days back a comment so we use slack right and there was a comment from our co-founder on one of the documents of course there was some error that he found and the moment the co-founder you know wrote that notes i started getting calls although i have slack on my mobile i don't check that after office hours so then i started getting calls as she went why are you not responding i think what is zero kill then i opened up the laptop of course it was a co-founder i realized that it has to be at least looked at i looked at it i realized okay something has gone wrong but it is not something major that it has to be fixed right there it was a small design issue of course it wasn't looking nice so i just wrote a note that okay i'm evaluating i'll get back to you tomorrow morning first thing morning i get up i log in slightly early because i wanted to make sure that i give a good response to the co-founder right i gave a response that okay this is how we're handling it he gave a thumbs up he was good with that and by eod it was all sorted so that's what it's all about you evaluating things and you make sure how you are responding everyone knows in my office 9 to 6 is shipper's time after that she's not to be seen so it's it's the image you create and at the same time nobody can can complain like i said i am always on time and because i'm organized right so it's all about how you weave these things together um that's how you take control of your life i would say so nice to know shripana i'm hoping uh, this this particular talk specifically about being organized being focused is helpful to people so one of the learning points that you mentioned is continue to learn never stop right um and you have to be updated about um, whatever is new in the industry and then also um being organized these are the two key learnings are there any other things that you want to highlight i would also say that enjoy what you are doing if you are not enjoying what you are doing either the organization is not right or the job you are doing is not right and i'm sure everyone understand what is not right and make sure that we fix that i've seen people creeping about things calling up oh my boss is like this oh my job sucks i'm like if you're not enjoying your work why are you doing that i very strongly feel um, and this is a, again the mantra of my life if i do anything i give my 100% i make sure i give out the best okay otherwise i don't do it for example i'm terrible at making chapatis i don't even attempt because i know either the chapatis are not and i like i said i want them round and i know i cannot <laughs> roll around chapatis i don't even attempt that i have given it a shot a couple of times it didn't work i really is not my cup of tea but i make great biryani and i make sure i i put in the right flavors i will keep watching different youtube ki kuch alag karte hain how do i make it even tastier so that's it it's, i think it's very important that you enjoy what you do then only you can give out your best otherwise it's going to be extremely difficult you are just playing a role of something which you are not and it doesn't give out best results yeah it's important to know what you like or do not like now if i uh, if we think about some of the challenges uh, that one may experience in this field of technical writing sure so i won't really call these challenges i would say that's the nature of jo- job but yes for beginners it may be a bit overwhelming 
for example, as tech writers, you have to do a lot of multitasking, right? Uh, in fact, in many organ organizations, I've seen that there's just one tech writing taking care of all the documentation work. So work is coming from this side, that side, and you're like totally overwhelmed. You don't know what to do and how to prioritize. So multitasking is extremely important. Prioritization is extremely important, which obviously comes as you start doing more of this, which can be a bit challenging. You have to work with ambiguity. You know, at times people will come and tell you, okay, look at this product, start writing. It doesn't work that way. They just feel that we are great at writing. Of course, we are great at writing, but we need the background. We need something to start with. We have to get some basic information, some kind of concept notes, some kind of PRD. I've seen people are reluctant to give you knowledge transfer. You have to chase people. You have to be great at that. I think this is something I've become really a master of chasing people. Make We are doing our job and we need inputs and we have to make sure that we keep on you know talking to people and get the information escalate there are times you know again tech writers in certain organizations where don't get as much prominence and we are like sitting at the, at the corner trying to do things and try to make sure our documents are live and nobody's there to help us or support us so go and talk to the leaders go and talk to the escalate things if things are not working out these are definitely going to be challenges which i have myself faced in the beginning but like i said uh, as i grew in the career I, as i saw others how the senior writers were doing how the lead writers were doing i at times i spoke to the managers that you know this person is not reviewing my document this person is not approving my document the uh, the deadline is tomorrow how do i get hold of that how do i make sure that all of that is done so it may be like i said it's slightly overwhelming and challenging but you have to find your way out and you have to do that nobody will do that you have to take that first step and uh, i think uh, it's always good if you can get the buy in from the leaders right of the organization it makes your job slightly easier yeah and make connections make good rapport again works great so there was one product manager he was terrible <laughs> sorry to say that meaning he was very rude and all of that but then somehow i you know one of the days i was having lunch with him and i was able to strike a conversation with him and then we found some common things like my husband is from Bihar he was also from Bihar so we started connecting that way and then he was so nice and sweet so uh, it's so so important that you start building the connections with people it really helps in getting your reviews and approvals on time <laughs> so uh, what I'm hearing here is basically know uh, how to build rapport know how to chase when to chase when to escalate and how to escalate how will be very important here right how you are highlighting yes, the, yes whatever you want to get out of that escalation that you are writing right without blaming people right? yes 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 yeah so any opportunity you get to talk about that you're not getting things what you want i think that's the time when you should go and escalate it can be a meeting it can be a simple chai coffee break if you feel that you know you are in a conversation with people and you can talk about it you can be go subtle if things are not working that way. You can go all out and say that, look, I need this. I'm not getting it. And I want it. That's very important, right? When the deadlines are important, you have to be able to get the required inputs that you're looking for. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So now if we think about, uh, let's say, your personal life, can I speak about that first? before I even jump there. <laughs> oh, yes. I mean, let's see how much we can talk. <laughs> okay. Triparna, generally, um, specifically women, uh, when I speak about women, um, there are a lot of responsibility that gets added into their plate when they get married. Okay. And uh, 
as the family grows, again, there are more responsibilities. So how do you deal with that? You have gone through that, right? When you started your career, you were not married. Life was very different, right? right? You yes. didn't have to do a lot of things. And it was, it's mostly focused on the work, right? right. But when you get married, there are other things you have to take care of. So how do you balance it out? And uh, especially when with a growing family, how do you continue to do that? Uh, well, I think things were not very different uh, after I got married uh, because I was, uh, I and my husband, we were li living in Bangalore. So it was just two of us. Um, and I knew my husband before we got married. So and it was very clear that I'm going to continue work. I, I don't even remember having a conversation around that, that should I continue with my career? Because it was so obvious that I will continue with my career. Because I think even my husband knew from the day one that I'm very career oriented. But he also believed that I will make sure that I don't compromise on things at the personal end. And I will be able to balance the thing. So I think he was somewhat convinced and we never had that conversation. So it was a very uh, smooth journey after I got married. And my in-laws were also, in fact, they were ha very happy about the fact that I was working. And, you know, uh, my uh, my in-laws, uh, they live in Barakpur, which is a slightly uh, remote area, not really remote, a bit of not that urban area, right? So they're very proud about the fact that, you know, their daughter-in-law is working in a big organization in a good responsible position. And even then, when I was just a tech writer they were pretty happy about that uh, so I got all the support as I would say and uh, my parents were always there they always wanted their girl to grow up and do things of her own and my dad uh, was especially extremely proud I used to be very proud of whatever I do and uh, he, I got a lot of encouragement so I would rather say I was very lucky that day but yes, when uh, uh, my son came into the picture, so that is when uh, things became slightly different because I was staying in Bangalore, like right? So I was not having a good support mechanism to take care of my child. And he was very small. And there were some very subtle messages being given out to me that probably it is time you take a short break. Now we'll see later. So uh, these were coming from all different uh, sides, including my parents, I would say. You know, everybody were kind of saying your child is so small. How, what will you do? He's not even, he's just six months, seven months. How will you take care of all of that? In fact, I won't say I was never convinced that I should uh, quit or I should take a break. For some reason, I always felt that I can take care of both the sides and uh, give my best to both the sides and not compromise on anything. I loved my job. And for me, my job is um, not just, you know, a source of income. It is also my identity. I've seen women uh, being called Mrs. This, daughter of this, you know. I wanted to have my own identity. Of course, those are my identities as well. But having said that, I wanted to be called as Sriparna Shaha. And she is this and this. And I was so much in love with that identity that I was just not ready to let it go. So I was still, because things were coming in from all, all sides, right? So I still started talking to a couple of people and I realize that taking a break and joining back work is not that easy. I've seen many people who decided to take a break for a year, then it became two years, then it became five years, then they, they just could never come back to the main workforce. And again, uh, the time I'm talking about is the pre-COVID time. So that time, this work from home all option was also not that popular, or not that accepted, especially in India, right? So all of these were happening. Then I realized, that, no, I'm not going to take a break. I'm not going to compromise here. 
then i started looking at what can be the other options then i i have put my child in a, a daycare uh, i've got nannies to take care of my child i, I went and spoke to the organization see uh, look i want to want work from home for a few days in a week i will give my best that's my commitment so i think that's again because i was with the organization for some 5 6 years and they've seen me working and they had that trust and again that rapport thing right so i think all of these work together i remember talking to the ceo of the company and i told him that i i give you 100% assurance that there will be zero slippage from my side and i was so confident i think he really liked that and he said okay shipana i think i was the only person who got this work from home um, uh, option th those days right even after my child but apart from my maternity i was on leave for 6 months after that when i returned work i think i was hardly going to office once or twice a week rest of the days i was working from home so i would say people that um, we women are you know extremely giving which is great which is great but i think at the same time um, also take care of yourself we are so much giving that we are also ready to give away our identity we are also give away our careers right child is not just mother's responsibility child is also the father's responsibility go and have the talk with your partner i'm sure especially in the current times we are in better days better times today go and have that conversation with your partner go and talk to your people um build a mechanism there are a lot of services available go and avail them i'm not saying that what i did is the right thing to do i did it because i felt that's the right thing and i have never uh, regretted that because my child is now 5 and 1/2 everything went well god willing so it's all about how you plan things the placement for example uh, i spoke about the daycare so i was the days i used to go to office uh, there was a daycare in the ground floor so like i said when you want to make things work things work out right i found a good daycare right in the ground floor i used to keep my child there go to office work come back pick up my child from the daycare and come back so that's the mechanism i built and then there was a time when that was not working out i got a nanny in house i put some cctv cameras i used to uh, go to work for some 3 hours come back and it was not just that i was doing when my husband was doing that so i, I think it's all about uh, planning things and be sure of what you're doing and then nobody can stop you and i would rather say uh, to all the women that you know it's okay it's okay to be selfish sometimes you know it's okay to think about yourself sometimes don't think so much don't feel guilty about things i think we women we think a lot <laughs> yeah from childhood i think somewhere uh, in our mind it is there that uh, we are responsible for this plus this plus this exactly so yeah maybe that is what plays on and continues in our mind what worked for me is that i've enjoyed all the roles i enjoy being with my child i enjoy cooking i enjoy taking care of the kitchen i enjoy fighting with my husband i enjoy my work so i think it's very important if you do all of these with that happiness in your mind and with that uh, with that satisfaction in your mind i think the battle becomes so much easier agreed it's interesting what you just now said about uh, taking a decision of the child care plan that you worked out right there are many who want to take a break and i think for everybody whatever choices they take if they are happy about those choices well and good if they are not happy about those choices that they are taking probably this is something what you said is something they can think about right, right. Uh, your happiness is important if you are happy is only when you can make others happy absolutely absolutely right? So now uh, let's we spoke about 
challenges we spoke about your learnings we spoke about uh, a little bit about your personal life and your beliefs and uh, now if i uh, talk about say about your um, interest areas apart from work what are those cooking is something that i've been hearing so cooking is definitely uh, one of your interest areas you also mentioned painting and you said that you kind of take time out for doing these activities are there anything else that you like to do yeah so uh, even I, i would also call myself a cleanliness freak uh, so uh, you know any piece of dust anywhere sitting i just can't <laughs> stand that i have to make sure all of that is clean so like i said i've been organized i just don't implement it at uh, home at office but also at home and my husband is very you know irritated with that that why you are like like this so i think i i make sure my house is nice and neat and clean everything is in place so i keep arranging things putting things in place what i also like is you know uh, i try to put any anything which i'm going to throw i just see can i put it to good use i have i'm also quite touched by a few uh, you know articles that are coming about how we can recycle things right so i also look at uh, how can i recycle things be it a plastic bottle or you know a cardboard box we get get so many especially with amazon and flipkart everywhere they're simply dirtying the whole environment right it's all you will you will find it in all the places everywhere if you go out right how do i make good use of that i also see uh, be it clothes how do i recycle them can i make a nice bag out of it or can i put it to some other good use or if that is not happening can i donate that that is something which i have seen um, in the re- recent last 4 5 years i see this side of me where i'm also thinking from that angle that how do we uh, recycle products uh, reuse things uh, even books for that matter i know there are many kids don't have the means to get good books so i usually go and donate it to them because at least they will have something to look at things right learn from that at least maybe i will not be able to give them the education but at least some means to start with the journey so i think these are the small small things that i have started doing and i feel that i get a lot of satisfaction when i do that great so shripana we have spoken about a number of things today and uh, one thing that i feel is very important in us career is all of us come across uh, very good mentors right so could you speak about something that has inspired you rather someone some specific learnings that you have uh, taken from your mentors sure so mahuva i will give the answer slightly in a different way mm-hmm. so this mentors and this whole concept of mentorship uh, i'm sure you will agree with me has Uh, come into picture in the last 3 years if you go to linkedin everybody is a mentor <laughs> right in their profiles they will mention i am a mentor so i will look at things in a slightly different way um, i look around i i haven't really considered a one person as a mentor in my life mm-hmm. i have learned from people i have learned from my parents my mom my dad my sister there's so much to learn everywhere it's all about you pick what you want to learn i have been blessed uh, with some great managers i tried to you know pick up things from their leadership styles and also implement in the way i handle my team i handle my people um so i would say uh, my family members my leaders uh, rather team leads or my managers my reporting managers in fact i would say that i have also come across a couple of difficult managers not that sweet and nice but i have learned from them also 
human beings are you know are shades of different different colors it's not like how it's usually shown in the movies that one person is, is bad at everything is a, a bad human being you know every in all the angles that's not how it works right i think everyone has shades of every color just that you need to see which shade you want to pick i had one difficult manager and i really didn't like her even today but what i really felt was uh, the way she used to get work done even from the laziest of the writers that was a great skill and that is something which i have learned from her so to answer your question about mentorship there was not a single mentor that i can think of or talk about but i have learned from people around i've learned from family members friends there is one particular individual so this person in my team he was not doing great uh, at work and uh, in fact uh, there was a time when we had to let him go i used to feel he is a great speaker and today he has become very successful as a speaker he is at least 10 years junior to me in terms of experience and everything so i go and listen to his conversations the way he puts himself in front of a large audience the way he talks the confidence so i think we all have to see and absorb we should be like punch yes or whatever you the good things <laughs> yeah and uh, one very good thing you mentioned shubhana here that uh, good or bad there are things you learn right to do and not to do what do you want to pick up what do you want to continue doing what you do not want to continue doing is your choice absolutely so uh, now coming back to uh, you being a team leader any specific experiences that you want to highlight so when you are leading a team uh, you're handling people and it is very difficult <laughs> because uh, people come from a different age groups different experiences a lot of baggages that they carry if they have experiences from the previous organization and um, you have to make sure that you are uh, giving out the best to them in terms of the quality of work in terms of the mentoring and in terms of uh, you know uh, the the job role or the responsibilities you are giving out and of course you have to also handle their emotions they will have their personal life they will have many unplanned leaves and this is happening that is happening just imagine 10 of them 12 of them coming and talking about all of that plus you will have your own things to take care of you will have your okrs you will have your goals there will be expectations from the senior management so striking that right balance and making sure you are just to everyone is very important and a very very difficult task there will be people who will misunderstand you people will misinterpret you they will not understand why you are saying something why you are doing something people will just come and label you okay you are partial to these people you know and i'm sure any leader must have come across these kind of things these kind of challenges which is also not easy and again i would say there's no particular mantra because it's like part of your job if you are a leader you have you will come across all of this but i would still say um, a better way to handle scenarios like this is to have regular connects with all your team members so for example today i had 12 uh, tech writers with me and um, uh, four of them don't report to me directly so i have two leads they report to them uh, what we usually do we connect with uh, all our reporting uh, reportees every month once in a month apart from our meetings and everything else that's our we time rather uh, i also make sure that i also connect to people who are not directly reporting to me and the way i have put my image is that i'm extremely approachable 
you can dm me you can message me you can call me so establishing that connection with people is so important and that makes things so much easier i have handled like the laziest of tech writers i handled people who are extremely ambitious you know doing this much expecting so much so so the, you will have all that uh, people and there will be some person who is always sick <laughs> three days in a week is going for uh, sick leaves there will be people who will have their personal issues maybe their parent is not doing well or something or other at home right so you have to handle all of these people but how do you make sure that at the end of the day saying all the good and nice things is great but you have to get the work done also so how do you make sure that you do that and that's what um, you know i have learned i was talking about one of my difficult managers that how to deal with the laziest persons i think <laughs> i have learned that trick from her but i have also realized that with these connections that i talk to my team members every month i know them very well so i know what will work for one person the same thing will not work for the other person right because people have different levels of ambition for someone money matters a, or a lot for someone work matters a lot for someone designation matters a lot right so and how will you know what matters for what these are the connections that you talk to people have a very friendly environment create a very soft gentle environment for your team members work will become so much fun and things will become so much easier to get executed is what i can say okay you mentioned that you are dealing with different generations of people so what is the difference in terms of uh, how do you deal with them i think we are wired uh, that we can change our colors <laughs> based on the environment <laughs> because we deal with so many relations right uh, the moment we get married uh, sorry i'm slightly deviating the moment we get married we are somebody's you know uh, sister in law we are somebody's uh, daughter in law we can show them yes i am the one i am the best i mean you couldn't have got a better daughter in law than me a better sister in law than me you know we are so much good at this because the way we can adopt you know why i'm saying this because the way we can adopt when i'm talking to my mother in law i will talk i know what are the topics she wants to talk and i will talk that and i can engage in a great conversation with her when i'm talking to my devar my brother in law who is probably let's say 24 25 i know what kind of topics he will be interested in and i will start talking in that when i'm talking to my child i know what he is talking about spider man superman i sit and watch all of that because even i have to know now if i have to engage in a conversation i need to know what is the latest thing in the spider man series right so i would say um, to bridge the this generation gap and it's wide and it's it is difficult it is difficult especially when i talk to people um, they say he a man i'm like who talks like that to your reporting manager <laughs> but yes that's a culture and i also say yeah man so i would say that make sure uh, whenever you're again establishing connection there will be some commonality so there was one girl who had just joined and uh, she was just 21 22 she was having a conversation i was like iske sath what commonalities i should bring in then i realized that she likes sharukh khan i said okay sharukh khan the common topic hai let's talk on sharukh khan so we start our conversations our one on one with sharukh khan and then we have conversations around work this and that so i would say uh, that find out what is common then must be something common in between see what the new generation is up to what the person is up to again once you start having those one on ones with your team members you will understand the person very well 
So there's one individual in my team who has some issues at home. So I start the conversations with that thing. And that starts up with a very smooth thing because he is also very comfortable talking about things. And, you know, these things are working out, not working out. Then we smoothly get into work. We talk about what is happening at work. So to answer your question, I think the best way is uh, establish a connection and understand what is common between you and that particular individual. Start the conversation with that and then you can get into any conversation. Even that person will become very comfortable because also understand what what kind of things they have in their mind. They're just coming out of college. They're talking to a reporting manager who is 20 years senior to them, right? So they will be like, should I even talk to her? Should I say hi, hello, or good morning? Or yeah, man, right? So you have to make that person comfortable. So he says, yeah, man, I will also revert with the yeah, man only and we are all cool about it. So yeah, that, that, I think that that can be a way out of this. So now we are kind of coming to end of part one of this uh, podcast and uh, this particular episode, in fact. Uh, so here, uh, the last question from you, are there any books or resources that are your go-to resources? Google <laughs> and the easiest chat GPT. <laughs> There's so much of information available. I mean, who else can provide you everything in one place? You decide where you want to go. I think for everything I Google and you have YouTube, you have videos, resources, you have so much. You have to just make sure you give the right prompt and get the right answers. I mean, you will get a bunch of answers. See what is that you look for. Talking about slightly seriously, I'll try to answer your question. <laughs> that specifically, if I'm looking at language related things, uh, I would look at dictionaries. There are many websites, uh, MSTP. If I'm looking for some guidelines, if I'm slightly confused, I look at competitors. I look at the market, the best in the market, how they do certain things, how do they structure a sentence or how do they structure certain things. Research works here where, you know, you can look at, you know, some random answers, even further for that matter, you will probably not get exactly what you want, but at least you will have some idea. So I would rather say Google things, YouTube things, chat GPT is there. There are other areas. AI models, go and explore them and you have a lot of information and just it's a matter of finding them out is what I can say. And dictionary is your all-time uh, friend if you're writing. Make, you, you should never uh, leave that. Make sure you're always referring to that. Anytime I'm, I'm confused with the meaning, you know, right? For example, we use certain words, let's say in a word, a slightly difficult word. I'm trying to understand it, is, is the usage correct, correct, right? Look at examples. Again, dictionary is what will help you here. And any personal favorites in terms of uh, books? So I usually uh, love to read a lot of uh, detective and uh, thrillers. I watch a lot of thrillers, series, many series I've watched uh, in the last couple of uh, years. And I kind of, you know, uh, so usually I and husband, we watch these series and I will try to say who is the killer. I know who is the killer. <laughs> and most of the time I'm right. <laughs> because I watch so many. Now I have understood the pattern. <laughs> So who done it is your preference. <laughs> yes, yes. So I remember uh, in my childhood also, I used to read a lot of thriller books. And I was so excited to know who has done it. I will read the first few pages. Then I will go to the last pages to see, finally see who is the killer. Oh, now I know the killer. Now I will, in peace, I will read the whole book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so know who has done it. Now how he has done it. Yes. Okay, so uh, Shiparna, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, with this, we close the part one of this episode. 
and uh, for our viewers uh, the next episode will be about digging deep into the field of uh, technical writing and we'll look into what kind of uh, skills are required and when i say skills it's not just uh, technical skills we'll also speak about the softer side of the skills required to succeed in this very field thank you so much thank you mama thank you as we wrap up today's episode i sincerely hope that you have found this conversation both valuable and enlightening your feedback and comments are greatly appreciated so please feel free to share your thoughts your feedbacks and comments if you have enjoyed this discussion don't forget to hit the like button and do share it with friends colleagues or anyone you believe could benefit from our conversation Moreover consider subscribing to our channel to receive notifications of upcoming discussions as soon as they are released your subscription ensures that you won't miss out on our future content thank you once again for tuning in wishing you a wonderful day ahead